And welcome everybody to the Between Two Wheels podcast, cycling commentary from Northern California. Today, we've got, um, I don't know about a pack show, but we've got an interesting show. The coronavirus halts cycling temporarily, or is just a whole season thing? I, I don't know. Cycling loses two of its own, one to a heart attack, one to a crash with a car. Chloe Dygart, she's on track for an Olympic gold, some things that make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. And um, we lead with our corrections. We point our mistakes coming up on the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 163. Well, everybody, I appreciate you coming back. We are we're in the fit of it. This is a cycling season. It sounds like it's a new flu season, coronavirus. How are you how are you dealing with that? We'll talk about some of that because it affects the world of cycling and I, I mean I'll go over some of my inputs and my takes on it and kind of see how, how things are handling it here. But um, first of all, I wanted to start right back with um, maybe this correction of last time. There was two things here that I had made a point in the last episode. And one of them has to do with the coronavirus. One of them happens to do with just uh, Eddie Merckx. And um, we'll talk about that one. First of all, Eddie Merckx. Last episode, I said something like, hey, and he has uh, 200 plus career wins and uh, we got Sven Sverlaut um, on our YouTube channel uh, chimed in and said, Eddie Merckx, 200-something career wins, question mark? Actually, it was 525. He won one out of every three races, quite an average. Um, yes, that is, okay, so I may have misspoke. Uh, however, when you look at the, the details, there's, there's two conflicting, you go to Wikipedia and it says something like 525 career wins, amazing. You actually go to pro cycling stats, and it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit different. So we'll look at that here. Um, he's won. They 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 put him up at 286 wins uh, for his career. Now, uh, this might need to be a little clarification. And um, if you really want to be a tech nerd and you want to dig into all the details here, I think the difference on those two is you've got amateur wins and track wins that are not included on pro cycling stats. So. Look, he did six-day events. He won. He was prolific, uh, prolific on the track and winning a ton of races there and also his amateur races. So what we're looking at here in Pro Cycling Stats is uh, his career. Because you also look at Wikipedia, it says 18-year career. I don't think he had 18 years in the pro ranks. As a matter of fact, it seemed to be cut a little bit short from, what, uh, 61, 63, I think, around there till 74, 75. So, um, yeah, close close to it. Uh, anyway, point is, I think you average in his, his, uh, amateur career, you average in all his track events. You got 525. You talk about just his, his, uh, tour. Uh, let's see, look, he finished here. Oh, you can take a look. Finished here in 1977. Uh, his first career win. Okay. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm completely full of bunk here. 1965, uh, 65, 77. That's just over. That's what I think we can do the math here. Um, and we're going to talk about math. 327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. Yeah, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. Um, that is uh, right around 11 years, 12 years there. So 65 to 77. I think that's 12. I'm going to give that a 12-year period, not 18. So I think that 525 brings into it, it brings into it all the actual wins that he ever did from day one till the end. First, first of all, I'm not diminishing it at all. I'm I'm correcting it. I'm getting a little uh, 
nuance to it there. Uh, so for just going off of career wins, which we're probably going to do with most of I talked about Evan Pohl, right? And that's kind of the whole idea. I'm just talking about his wins as a, uh, a world tour and talk about that. Cause I think he had 50, <laughs> 50 some wins as a, as an amateur. Um, so let's just compare those to, to the same and look, he's probably never going to get, I don't think you're ever going to see a writer like Eddie Merckx again. So probably don't really need to worry about that as far as competing with him, but either way, 525, uh, 286. Good Lord. That's, uh, that's well done. Okay. I also made a statement about maybe, um, putting people down for, and when I say down, I mean like a, a dog putting, <laughs> taking care of them for, mm, and getting some trouble the way I talk about this. So anyway, uh, last time I had said that about people with the coronavirus and the Corona beer, that there was, uh, basically a study out there and indicated that people were not and that the sales of Corona beer were down and that people were not buying Corona beer. That actually, uh, I might want to just take a look here and and talk about kind of a correction. <clears throat> so there was a CNN had come out and, and basically had pushed this story. Um, and then you have some journalists and other people were making corrections and said, the survey, it turns out, does not say this. What it says is there was multiple sections in 38% of beer drinkers say they wouldn't buy Corona for any reason at all, including presumably they prefer other beer. 4% of people who usually drink Corona say they would stop. Doesn't, I don't think it really indicates why. And then CNN put up a correction saying 38% of Americans wouldn't buy Corona beer under any circumstances because of the coronavirus, according to a recent survey. So that's kind of what the, that's their actually that's not that's their original tweet so that's a little bit misleading um, and you know you can do that with stats and make it so um the the answer there is i guess corona beer is fine um corona purchase sales you know people are doing fine and you now have as many idiots out there as you might think uh i think i'll i'll maybe countermand that statement myself here in just a tad bit um, going through this COVID thing. Okay. So what have you got here? COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, it's obviously affecting everybody around the world and it's really affecting the cycling community because they're canceling races. Uh, this dominating the headlines. I mean, it's dominating the news cycle. Uh, it's dominating the Costco lines. <laughs> Everyone is a prepper now. Everyone's buying their toilet paper. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a little overdone uh, as to that. I don't think there's a for me, we don't know. There's obviously it's killing people, so it's it's a serious uh, issue here. Um, you know, everyone likes to put it into con um, context with uh, the flu, uh, which is you know seasonal, and we understand there's a virus. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a vaccine. You know that you can take for that. So even that is suspect. There's a lot of deaths over the year for every year for um, for the flu, and it looks like the people that are getting sick. And that are dying from this, as you all know, are more of the, the, the higher up in the age. Uh, people with respiratory issues already have a propensity to have some health issues now, but it's also affecting bike racing. So they've decided to cancel. They postponed Torino Attico, Attico uh, Milan San Remo. Um, the UAE, UAE tour was uh, postponed, the end of it. Uh, Perry Nice was suspect, but it's, uh, it's ongoing. So we don't, we don't know, necessarily know it's in a state of flux. And so why are these, look, Italy is kind of having an outbreak right now and it keeps getting worse. So what is the reason for doing this? Are they seriously concerned that their riders are, are health is at risk? Likely not. What you're actually seeing, because you saw this with the UAE tour, was they, they closed it down, then they quarantined everybody. I mean, journalists are saying they actually put chains on the doors to leave the hotel. That's 
martial law, I mean, that's pretty extreme for what you actually have the disease of here, uh, because it's, it's not like, you know, Ebola or the black plague or something where, you know, in contact it's, it's a instant hundred percent death rate. Um, but what you really do have the problem here is you don't want this to spread to the point, uh, to the vastness, you know, in five years, you're probably going to look back and go, Oh, not, not a big deal. Everyone's had it. Everyone's kind of, you know, dealt with it. But what you want to not do is inundate the health community to the point where they can't take care of the COVID-19 patients. They can't take care of the routine patients and then other ones in the hospital or the, the health, the, the, the medical staffs are, are not getting, you know, they're getting sick themselves. They're not coming in. And so now you've, you've got all, all kinds of problems, but so that's kind of the primary reason I believe for the freak out and the canceling of these races. Plus you've got the issue of like I indicated there with UAE, some people were tested and they were say they were okay and they were allowed to go home. Other ones were kept later. I saw an FDJ writer that had been tested, you know, negative multiple times. He kept trying to leave. They weren't doing it. Finally, he just ended up not getting his bags and just taking off. Um, I guess he made it back to France or wherever he lives and he's, you know, dealing with that. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's going to be more of an expense and more of a problem to all of the teams by having their racers out, you know, these giant communities uh, of, of, of their teams out at these races and then getting them locked up. I mean, you don't want your racers, your, your health staff, any of your people being commandeered in a hotel room for two, three weeks, just for their own personal safety, just for their own health and mental everything it's in being able to do, actually do their job you know and this seems like on the on this short scheme of thing you're like look it's cycling you know big deal these guys you know it's a, it's a sport we love it da, da, da. but from their perspective this is their livelihood too if you you know someone just says oh look so i can't go to starbucks anymore you know they're going to close that down or they're going to you know not not be serving it no big deal for me i get my coffee elsewhere yeah but there are people there that own it these are franchises they own it they they that's their livelihood. They pay other people that work there. That's their livelihood. So it affects everybody. While we may say it's an inconvenience and it's a disappointment on the sporting side to not have the races because we love them and everything. There's people that make their money from this and that's their livelihood and they want to be able to do this. And hopefully, you know, that most of these riders are probably getting paid regardless, but that's, uh, you know, it could affect things coming down the road for sponsorship and what have you, or people that put on races and they, they have hotels and they have, you know, people come there and that's their livelihood. So the economic reach of this whole thing, the unseen hand, however you see it, human action, you know, there's action and there's even inaction is still action about doing something or not going out and it's going to affect people. It's going to affect us. It's going to affect the cycling world, which it has done. So as of right now, I haven't seen any, um, negative issues on our local scene for, you know, cutting out races or not having anything going on, but, um, we'll, 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 we'll see what the, how it continues here. I think I want to take a look at this as a cycling news has a, uh, coronavirus team withdrawal tracker. So you had earlier, um, it was EF education, EF racing team. They were indicating, Hey, look, uh, and, and Mitchell and Scott, they both withdrew and they're like, it's just not it, kind of for the reasons I stated, not so much concern. And actually Jonathan Vodders was saying, he goes, look, if we can do anything to, to minimize the spread of this, you know, that's, that's good. Cause it, uh, it puts a, a strain on the health community itself, the hospitals, whoever's taking care of these people and that's it. So as teams cut races, the spring schedule to keep up to date, here's what we have going on. And they have a little bit of a 
let's look, jump right to the withdrawal table, see if we can find that. Um, teams, races withdrawn from. So AG2R, Toreno, and I think Toreno has been postponed anyway. Bunch of these teams from Toreno, um, Jumbo decided not to go to Perry Nice, which was uh, already on schedule, as was CCC and Astana. They, they pulled out of Perry. So I'm going to look at the teams that are kind of pulling out of races that we actually know that are still going on. Movie Star didn't go to Perry Nice. Um, any else not at Perry Nice? Um, team UAE, team uh, UAE, team Emirates. They might are they still quarantined back in their home state? So you've got a bunch of a bunch of these teams pulling out. Sunweb, uh, Subwin women. They they're still they were at uh, Perry Nice, so uh, not so much for them. But I mean, look, this is not this is not an ideal situation. And uh, speaking of not ideal situations, this last week we had two other tragedies tragic issues in the world of cycling you had look there's no dying in cycling i mean but evidently there is so this week we had to deal with two prominent cyclists and two people in the cycling world uh dying uh nicholas portal he's a a director sportif for team ineos he's been there for quite some time he was also a former pro i think he rode with fdj uh he's a frenchman in in all he's, he's 40 years old and he had a heart attack died this week i I saw back in, you know, just kind of doing a little bit of reading up on him, uh, 15, 14, I'm right near the end of his career. Maybe it was, I don't remember the actual date, but near the end of his career, he took a whole year off due to some heart issues, uh, irregular heartbeat, uh, something like that. You know, I've discussed it on this show about my involvement with my own heart, um, having to go back and get tested because there's some um, semen abnormalities that, it's all been fine taken care of, but there's still some things I got to monitor. And this happens. We've seen this in the world of cycling. A rider with, uh, I want to say, was it Wanty Group? Uh, one of those uh, continental teams uh, went down in Paris-Roubaix, what, two years ago? Died, seemingly of heart attack. You've had you know, a string of these over the years. Um, we talked to Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Braley, uh, the Kings, uh, Sacramento Kings basketball uh, coach. And he came in here and talked about his own writing about it and his involvement with uh, high-end uh, uh, athletes. He's been a uh, coach for and dire- health director for uh, Kenda Pro Cycling. So um, it's, it's a big issue. And, you know, 40 years old, I mean, Portal did not look like Lefevre. I mean, one of the, the, the direct, the coin of quick step. I mean, he was not a big guy. He looked like he can still ride and was in shape, but obviously this is an issue. And um, poor thing, um, he, you know, sad story. He dies of a heart attack. Team Ineos is kind of out on that. He was a big deal with their team. Um, he wasn't just, you know, a sub director. He was the main director. He was the, you know, Johan Brunil for, for their team. He was that guy that they sent to the tour and uh, all the big races uh, to, to direct them and was the main man. So um, too bad for Nicholas Portal and, and um, my condolences to all those friends and family, especially family. I mean, 40 years old, I'm 48. And I couldn't imagine, you know, the, the heartbreak that would be to my, your, your family and your kids and the difficulty for them. So I uh, hope everything's taken out. Uh, speaking of another one, I mean, then you had uh, Ben Sontag. He's a Cliff Bar mountain bike rider, uh, 39 years old. He was hit while riding his road bike on a gravel road in Colorado. And I think they said it was a 19-year-old rider hit him. And that guy sustained some injuries, but the driver's okay. Um, the road out there, I think Todd Wells another former pro mountain biker was saying that uh where he was where he was hit he goes it's a gravel road that we ride you can ride there 
forever and never see another car. And this just happened to be one, you know, probably some road out there. The kids going too fast. I, I don't know the details. It was not released at the time that I was looking this up. So I don't know what the full details are of the wreck other than you can speculate gravel road rider out there. Um, maybe going a little too fast and, you know, don't have the ability to corner like you normally would or something gets out of control, hits him. Um, anyway, pronounced, he rolled him off in the ditch. I think he was pronounced dead on the scene. So, uh, horrible to hear about that as well. Uh, 39 years old, still racing and, uh, passed much too soon. So condolences and be safe out there, you know, whether it's a coronavirus, um, washing your hands. Um, you know, I, I do want to bring that up. There was, <laughs> if you think it's necessary for you to, uh, to, to, uh, this is just the dumbest thing I, I think I've ever seen. I'm just going to um, try to share it here. Uh, so our, our wonderful, um, and illustrious governor, Gavin Newsom, he decided to, to tweet this out. This is what, this is what your government officials think it's necessary. This is what they think of you, uh, to do tips on washing your hands. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Number one, wet hands with clean running water. This is in California, by the way. Two, lather hands, rubbing them together with soap, backs of your hands, between fingers, under nails. Number three, scrub hands for at least 20 seconds. Hum the happy birthday song from beginning to end two times. Rinse. This is, this is the kind of um, world leader type. Of, I mean, it comes from uh, you're getting crazy shit going out there from Trump, from Gavin Newsom, from everybody. Uh, I'll tell you what, you, why don't you tune into what your doctors are saying, um, your health advisories, who, um, who, the World Health Organization, whatever else you've got. Ignore people like Gavin Newsom that thinks you're too stupid to know how to wash your own hands. So I'm just I'm just throwing this out there uh, or anybody else. Uh, it, this isn't a political thing. This is just um, if you need this kind of concept, um, you might deserve to get the coronavirus. I'm just just saying. That. Okay, let's go into something else. Um, track Worlds just took place. Chloe Digart, she's on track to literally on track to get the gold medal at the 2020 Olympics. Once again, we got to worry about, are oh, the Olympics even going to be happening? Olympics are July 24th to August 9th in Tokyo this year. Uh, she recently just set a world record and gold medal at the individual pursuit on the gold and gold in the team pursuit. It's good to remember she's only 23 years old. In the men's event, um, Filippo Ghana won with Ashton Mustache Lambie getting second of the United States. Uh, just a kind of a reminder, the individual pursuit, which is the two that we saw here, which is kind of the biggest deal, I think, with the you got track. That's the one that kind of lights it up because it's the the power. It's it's just the most interesting in a sense. Um, that is not an Olympic event anymore. They withdrew that I think after 2012 uh, from the Olympics. I think uh, Bradley Wiggins was the last one they went there for the men. So it's not an Olympic event, but Chloe's obviously focusing on other things too. And with the, I think the team pursuit is still in there and there's not the individual. So you still got that event going on. And um, we talked previously about 2020, really not uh, upping their UCI um, license to be, there's just a, a domestic continental team and just the domestic team, the race in the U S part of that was because Chloe is focusing a lot of her work on the track, preparing for, the Olympics. And so they didn't really feel that they need to go overseas. They're doing fine. And so with that said, you know, she looks to be um, doing fine. Now, will the Olympics go forward this year? 
I've read some speculation. We're still figuring out a lot about the coronavirus. Gavin Newsom is, is telling us how to wash our hands, but uh, there's also some word out there that they believe that humidity and the warmer weather um, actually helps kill the virus, you know, not making it last as long in certain places. I don't know if that's true, but speculation is uh, by the summer and being in Tokyo that the Olympics should be fine. We will see. Um, at what point do they pull the plug on that event and reschedule it maybe or put it on? I, it, the problem you have with that is it's, you know, the infrastructure that people put into place, you know, every four years for the summer, every four years for the, for the winter. And Tokyo has been building up for this already. And do you actually then, you know, postpone it for a time and really can uh, the economics of COVID-19 are really screwing with everybody. And uh, it's not uh, not the greatest thing, but we'll see we'll see what the Olympics go forward. If you if you care about that, and um, and you know Mike Sayers definitely cares about that. We've had him in on the podcast. He's working with the USA Cycling this year, uh, preparing for the Olympics. And um, maybe as it gets closer, we'll give him a shout out and, and see how he's doing. By the way, he's got a pretty good uh, podcast himself. Um, talk from the Gruppetto, something like that. Check him out. It, he's just doing interviews. He just did one with uh, Gage Heck, I think it was. Uh, so check it out. I've been, I've been enjoying that as well. How about the world tour roundup? See how that goes. And then we'll get a few other things out here. Uh, La Saint Saman. I don't know if that's a midweek Belgian classic. It's kind of a mini Perry Robay took place last week. Hugo Hofstetter of the Israel startup nation won that over Alf Don de Decker of the circus Wanty bear group Gobert and David Decker of SCG racing. So you had one world tour team, two continental guys in there in the mix. It was pretty good. Uh, some bad weather, some cobbles. Uh, you know, we're pre prepping up here, coming for Perry Bay and all these other classics. So it's kind of excitement and to kind of see how that race goes. Uh, in other news, Velon suspends their series for 2020 due to high conflict with the UCI. I don't know if you remember this, is like 12, 13 teams or so that are conglomerated into this Velon group and they started their own uh, kind of race series and you would have, uh, it was all team stuff. It was just different and including a team time trial race at the end, which always got interesting because you're getting teams like uh, drag racing on uh, and team time trials. Anyway, that's, uh, looks like it's not going to be happening this year. Scheduling mishaps, allegations that the UCI in particular, uh, President David LaProntient uh, was trying to sabotage the efforts to develop the Hammer Series platform so there's a lot of conflict. I guess they kept, <clears throat> they being the UCI, was scheduling other races during the Hammer Series time, and it just became untenable. So Hammer's like, we're out for this year. And, and I think they ended up putting some other Norway race, kind of filling in some of those gaps. So they're still going to have that. Uh, Perry Nice, we talked about that. That is still going on. It did not get canceled. Uh, so they've had two stages down already. Stage one, one by Max Schockman over Dylan Toons, Toish Benut, and Julian Al. Alaphilippe, little kicker up there in the last 5K. Those guys took off, uh, at least Alaphilippe and, and Toish, and then Dylan Twins and Max Schockman ended up catching up to them. Max gets the win. If you want to check out our interview with Max Schockman at the Tour of California, you can check that out on our podcast. Uh, pretty good guy, and you're going you're gonna to see, I, I, I think he's doing the great thing, kind of Alaphilippe-like. You're going to see him winning these, you know, five, seven day, eight stage race, uh, day stage races. And uh, as he gets more and more, maybe we'll see him uh, for the Tour de France. But, you know, he's he's been doing pretty good. Stage two was uh, today. 
Monday, <clears throat> Nizzolo of NTT one massive shake up there. GC there's uh, Quintana goes down or gets a flat. Alaphilippe, I think he wrecked, uh, and so you had Decoyne coming back. There was massive, uh, like there was rain. There was massive crosswinds, and they started splitting up the groups. You got Alaphilippe and and uh, Quintana kind of out the back. Their teams are chasing. Decoyne sends guys back for him, but up front you had Viviani. Uh, I'm sorry, Vivi well Viviani was just missed the front group, uh, but um. I'm trying to remember the names here. Uh, Huguita was in the front group. Shockman was in the front group. Uh, you had, um, who's the Trek rider now that has won? He's the Italian that's won all the, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm pulling a, a brain fart on his name. Anyway, they were all up in the front and they had their teams working hard. There's like a group of like 15, 20, and then they are about 30 and they split those two in half. In the end, you have uh, Bora was really working because you had Shockman, you had Sagan, you had Ackerman, and they were working hard to for Shackman to stay away in the front to keep his uh, lead yellow jersey. And then you had, it looked like Bora was setting up the win for Ackerman. And they come down to the, f the finish there, and uh, Shockman's on the front. Uh, Nibbly, that's who I was thinking earlier. Nibbly was up there in the group with Trek, and he had um, his world, Mads Pedersen, world champion, pulling for him. Uh, but you had... Then uh, Sagan doing the kick out, the lead out for Ackerman. And it just, you know, maybe Sagan is so used to being the leader. Sometimes it's hard to be the sprinter to lead your guy out. And he looks like maybe he goes too soon or he just kind of dies. They had been doing a lot of work to keep their group lead. And in the end, Ackerman, basically, he's sitting down trying to sprint the last 75K. I'm sorry, 75 meters. And he can't do it. Nizzolo easily comes around him. So for the win for NTT, which, uh, you know, used to be, Quebec, um, that team has been winning this year. So I still don't think CCC has got a reported win for the 2020 season. I think they're still the, the, the sole team not to uh, get us a win yet. So uh, what else is coming up? Well, you've got, let's take, let's kind of look at the, the calendar and see if we can see anything that's of note. I mean, you have... <clears throat> things we don't know. Toronto Adriatico's off the hook. Uh, Volta a Catalunya. Now that's at least Spanish, so that might be coming in at the Copa y Bartoli. Um, Tour of the Basque Country. Uh, these are races that you know are coming up that we're we're not really know what they're they're doing. But uh, as far as the classics go, you know we were supposed to have Milan San Remo. I think that's been put on hiatus now. I mean anything you got, uh, and then Bink Bank. That's probably see you get the classics in Belgium and around Flanders. Gent, Wevelgun, Dwarves, Lenvard, and these are coming up for April. You never know about Perry Bay all the way up to April 12. So, shoulder price, these are races we don't know necessarily about. So, what's going to happen? Maybe you're going to see uh, riders and teams doing some, maybe some more Zwift competition. I heard uh, Matt White of Mitchelton Scott indicating that uh, the teams are going to, you know, they got to keep them fit. They got to figure out what to do. So, they're doing a bunch of group uh, non-sanctioned race rides kind of within themselves. So that's, I think, what they've got coming up for those teams, you know, try to keep themselves fit. Uh, Matt Heyman, you know, famously rode Strava before he won uh, Perry Bay that year, and maybe that's kind of what they're going to end up doing here. Um, as far as group rides coming up, we have those, you know, time just changed. So we're going to have group rides starting here again in um, Northern California, um, here, if you're in the Folsom area, you've obviously got, or Sacramento, you've got the river ride, which is happening. They're probably going to start their evening 
or river rides as well. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think they have, or I, I check them out on the river ride, um, uh, Facebook page. Uh, but we also have a Tuesday ride leaving from Folsom bikes, Folsom bike in, um, Folsom. And it's taken over by Sierra Nevada racing. And then Wednesday we have Folsom bike, uh, race ride also going on. That one's led by myself. Um, data-driven athlete, but in conjunction with Folsom Bike and um, their sponsorship of our team as well. So those are at 5.30 if you're out this way. The, the two in Folsom are a little bit more on the hilly side. Uh, they have some kickers. The Tuesday ride does a regroup after the climb, then they come back down Auburn Folsom, so it's a little bit more chaotic perhaps because the uh, the regroup. Uh, the Wednesday ride does not regroup. Uh, unless it's over a hundred, then we stop and get water, um, after the last few kickers. So anyway, check those out. Um, you could probably go to Folsom bike, uh, their Facebook page and check out the times if you have, or there might be even a schedule out there, uh, a route, uh, also Sierra Nevada. Um, how about coming up on the NCNCA? Well, we just had Madera stage race. I went to look for the results there. They are not posted up on the USA cycling website. So sorry about that. Um, Sky Express Livermore crit just happened on the 8th. This is uh, Sunday, yesterday. Um, looks like Matt Michael won for Tarun in the P12s, Sam Benedict of Mike's Bikes in the 35s, and Stefan Hoffman over Drum Nadal in the 45s. Looked like there was pretty good turnout for some uh, everyone else there. I didn't really look at all the other ones. We have Land Park coming up next week, which also kicks off with Bariani. I think in the 35s, they have an Omnium, which combines those two. Um, then we also have Wards Ferry on the same day as um, as the Land Park crit. So you got a, and then coming up after that, you've got a slew of these races that I uh, hope everyone can get fit for. Mike's Bikes, Cats Hill Classic. On the 21st, you've got Santa Cruz Classic on the 22nd, Pekaskenta Road Race on the 28th, Chico Harrison Memorial Crit on the 29th. All right. How about some things that make you go, hmm? Well, we've got some interesting things in the news. Cipollini has been back in the news. He's 50-something. Evidently, he's taken to harassing, beating, allegedly. His uh, wife chased it around with a gun. Um, his mother-in-law is claiming in court documents and to the press that um, he's been off his rocker. I, I don't think that's a legal term. In fact, as an attorney, it's not. But he's been off his rocker for a few years, and the family's just decided to keep it quiet. And because of his celebrity, because of his career, they didn't want to make waves, pretty bad deal uh, a guy like that probably feels really entitled and then if you got a little craziness to his uh behavior he probably just thinks he can get away with anything which uh, allegedly he's doing here so now he's in the news he's you know harassing his wife i don't even know if they're still married or not but hey this is this is your it happens with everybody or it can you know whether you're a celebrity or not you know Craziness happens uh, with uh, the spousal stuff and kids and and uh, exes, and he's uh, he's no different. But you know, you can read into some things with this guy. Of he's just a little, he's chippo. He's uh, he's he's always seemed entitled. He's done things that you know everyone else. He'd wear jerseys or, or kits that you know were not team approved or uh, Tour de France approved. 
he'd get fined for this stuff. He's just a little bit brash, and um, this doesn't seem out of the norm to him. Another one we saw here was Astana writers and staff have been not been paid since the start of 2020. We're in March already. Now, this is confirmed by Vinokurov. Um, he also claimed that the funds will be paid this week, so those writers will finally get paid. But he said, hey, like we're mostly sponsored by the government, and with that comes a lot of bureaucracy, and you know things can slow down, but we are getting our money. That really... Um, I know they have those bank guarantees with, and I guess maybe the, the, the going to the UCI in case this happens. I uh, said, we just takes a while to get our budget and our funding. But I mean, if, if you're not getting paid and it's been three months and some of these guys make a decent amount of money, uh, you know, full saying Lopez, they probably get paid well. Uh, it's a decent amount of money that they're not getting. And you know, you probably, uh, hopefully that all these everyone's being taken care of but uh that really suck i mean we talked about the coronavirus and the economic issue if they decide hey we're not going to have you know starbucks decides we're not going to have anybody open or let's say you have you know we're here with a bunch of government um offices in sacramento and uh they decide you know you guys just work from home well now you stop foot traffic all around that area there's a lot of uh businesses that uh you know want just uh, lunch uh, downtown, you know, and if that dries up, maybe you're like, okay, well, our margins aren't so big for feeding, you know, for a restaurant. Um, well, I'm going to have to send my, fire some people, lay some people off, not have this. And it's the cumulative effect that happens to us all. Well, this is the same we're talking about here. Even these guys, you know, they need their money. So I thought it was just interesting that you, once again, Astana has been in business um, as far as cycling team for, you know, with Liberty Seguros going back, we talked about them with the McKelly Ferrari issue. Uh, they've had dirty deeds going back for years, but they've still been in business for what, 15 or so and 18 maybe. And uh, that's a long-term team. And once you just don't like to see that they're not getting paid, they're not getting their, um, their salaries and uh, it could really throw a trend, you know, a wrench in the works, at, especially for next year. If that happens a few minutes, two times and you know, the season, we have a season next year, maybe those riders uh, decide to go elsewhere because they'd rather get, Confirm pay, especially get a little older. You want your paycheck that's promised to you actually comes to you. <laughs> that's always a, a positive. How about some winners and losers? Well, I don't know about winners out there at all right now, but maybe those that are no longer forced quarantine at the UAE tour. Heard a really good uh, podcast with. First of all, there was a, a, some uh, with, and let me go back to that. Heard a good podcast with Cycling News, <clears throat> Daniel Benson, who had been out there, Sophie Smith, and they were, they had been commentating on the tour. And anyway, they, they did another one once they got unquarantined and were able to get back home and kind of their misadventures. But they, they also talked to Jonathan Botters and um, Matt White. So that's kind of where I got some of those. And it seemed like they talked to another uh, person, I don't remember who that was. But it was just interesting to hear, and if you followed along on Twitter and stuff, just the, the confinement of those people out there, that would truly be, uh, you know, you're not just in a foreign country, you're in the UAE, which is just a little bit different of a foreign country. So uh, the overreach of the government can do pretty much what they want, and uh, that would be just a little bit uh, more frightening than just being in you know, Italy, as an example. So uh, winners for all those people that have been able to be released. Uh, losers. Um, got a few here. I saw Warren Bargui was DQ'd from stage one of the Pyrenees for drafting the team car. 
some bad weather on stage one and it looks like he crashed with about 65k to go he looked in rough shape he was down he gets up he gets back on his bike ends up drafting behind the team car for a while uh, it was enough that the commentators were even as he came across the line he was like fourth last his 135th 32nd place uh 15 minutes down um matt keenan that was announcing that i was watching he's like eh, i wonder what they're gonna do anything well they find him and they dq'd him um just for, for being on there too long. Uh, so look, without this, the crash, the bad weather, uh, COVID-19, maybe Barghese actually feels like a winner for being sent home. He said, look, I had no problem. I was actually drafting on there. Um, it wasn't a problem as far as taking the penalty. I understand. I deserve it. Um, then he, he claimed that it was his grogginess that added to the decision to draft. So he said, after the crash, I was groggy. And after my fall and taking shelter behind the car was just a floating time between giving up or continuing the race. Is that a concussion protocol issue that he might have needed to get some investigation on? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if he meant groggy as in my head was not quite thinking right or I was just kind of in a mentally in a bad state. That might be a translation issue. Who knows? Okay, how about the mailbag? Um, talked earlier from uh, Sven, I think that was his name. Uh, thank you for making the comment about Eddie Merckx. Um, hope we got some corrections there. And I, yes, 525 total wins in his career, 286 as a pro. How about we split the difference? Say we're both right. Um, you may be more right, or maybe I am. I don't know. Um, but anyway, Jason Grafath also chimed in. He said, uh, we talked about EF education, uh, cycling team and kind of their domination in, uh, Columbia. He said, I wonder if it's a sponsorship thing, uh, but the tour of Columbia seemed like a target race for EF last year. And now this year, last year, Rigo was their primary focus. Yeah. Rigo was last year, but you know, they've got a different, um, set of guys coming in and, um, you saw Huguita, you saw Martin Martinez, both just killing it at nationals, Columbia nationals. And, um, Rigo's just not really kind of at that spot. And obviously I think his big goal is a tour de France and we will see where EF is on that track. If we have the tour, um, I, right now, Italy, uh, you know, you got the tour of, look, they're talking about Milan San Remo and some of these others of possibly getting them, uh, later in the race, maybe do it uh, with around, uh, Lombardy, uh, in the fall. So you can maybe reschedule those races. Uh, hopefully these race organizers have some sort of insurance. You know, you get this with a uh, ski hill as an example, like the, continuing insurance if you don't get enough snowfall and you have to close the the, the hill at a certain point in time you can get uh, paid for that uh i know uh, you know the farmers have those kind of things uh for their crops uh, maybe uh race organizers like rsc rcs does something as well that's similar um i hope they're they're taking care of so that we continue the the, the great wonderful spectacle of bike racing so italy getting hit real bad right now uh, you know the cases are growing they're I think they're quarantining like 16 million people or whatever it is over there. It's a pretty big deal. <clears throat> and uh, at this point, you just, uh, is, is the, the Giro going to be shut down? Are we going to even have the Giro? I don't know. I hope we do. It'd be cool to see that. Um, but in the same respect, you may not be able to have some of these races. And then the tour, you know, you <laughs> think of the chaos it would be interesting too to watch one of these races where there's just no one around. Oh, you know, we've we've uh, we've actually seen that. We've seen that on the UAE tour. <laughs> we've seen that on all those Middle East tours. That's what it will be like. Think of those Middle East races, um, and then and how there's no crowd there. That'll be like the tour. That might be like the Giro, where no one's coming out and watching it. 
Anyway, give us your feedback. We're always looking for your comments. If you do so, we will highlight them on our YouTube page. You can check that out over there. Also, just subscribe. It keeps you safe from the coronavirus. I've told you that before. Please take it from me and Gavin Newsom. He's also, I think he tweeted out, subscribe to Tyler's uh, in the Between Two Wheel and Kurt and Chris's uh, podcast. It'll help you with any which way. And um, once again, this is episode 163. Appreciate you joining in with us. Uh, as always, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbeam, uh, iTunes. Check us out on our Between Two Wheels podcast, um, Facebook page, uh, anywhere else that you might be able to find us. And as always, thank you for joining in. Next week, wash your hands, drink Corona beer, and please do not chase your wife around the, the yard with a gun. Thank you. <laughs>